Nice that you're watching. Welcome again uh, to this uh, unknown series where every week we shine a light, a spotlight on unknown innovations, unknown startups all around the world. And uh, today we're uh, shining our spotlight on the Krekerij. Yep. Sander, welcome here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, uh, nice that you're here. Yeah, today I'm curious to find out kind of your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, you're having a food innovation, which is, I think, unique. It's a different approach, uh, and I think uh, it's, it's replacing uh, traditional protein. So um, I'm curious to hear kind of how did this journey went so far? What are your ambitions? What are your goals? And how do you see your future? And also to find out, like, how have you been supported along the way with this whole ecosystem of all those support organizations around you that are there? Um, so um, yeah, let's shine a light on that. Maybe to start off with kind of, you could give us a brief explanation. What, what are you doing? What is the Krekerij? Yeah, that's very good. Uh, so my name is Sander Peltenburg and I'm from the Krekerij. And basically, we believe that crickets and grasshoppers will become part of our staple diets in Europe. And we want to achieve that before 2030. But for a lot of people, I think insects are quite a strange thing and they're not very happy to eat whole insects uh, in their uh, salad, for example. So we really focus on processing them into meat products. So we yeah, make them totally unrecognizable and make products that you could find on your plate or in a restaurant. And that's also where we're focusing on. We're focusing on the food service. Um, and selling products there. So you uh, you kind of grind the grasshoppers, uh, to say bluntly, and yeah. uh, and and also the the crickets. Yeah. And uh, you put them in burgers. Yeah. So basically, uh, a lot of people think we're grinding them up whole in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in our bedrooms or something. But we we designed a process to get rid of the the shell and uh, so only uh, retain what's really uh, really tasty and necessary for products. Okay. And then we currently combine it with plant-based ingredients to make. Uh, make the texture in the products. So what you see here, for example, on the back end, I think there's 30% cricket in there. The rest is plant-based, but we try to stick to the flavor of the animals themselves as, as much as possible. Okay. And you say you, you process in them into meat products, um, but you don't, uh, you don't mix them or do you with uh, other forms of meat? No. So um, that could be an option. Uh, but we are really focusing on the sustainable aspect of, uh, of insects. So they require uh, very little food, water and feed to produce. Yeah. And, and that's really the main aim. And the other one is that they have a very good nutritional value. So you can compare it to the traditional meat. But by combining it to the with the plant-based ingredients, you get uh, yeah, a product with a very nutty, savory taste and the nutritional value compared to traditional meat yep. without putting real meat in it or traditional meat in it. And and if you compare it, like, do you have numbers kind of uh, traditional meat, let's say uh, uh, um, a cow, yep. um, the amount of water and food yep. they, they require and uh, compared to, to this insect, to this cricket? Yeah, so that, that's really huge. And that's also, um, I was already really looking into sustainable entrepreneurship before I was doing it. I had a totally different background. Maybe we can talk a little bit about it later, but um, for example, a kilogram of insect protein requires 95% less water, 80% um, uh, less feed, 85% less land. So it's it's huge. Um, and that's the, the really the huge difference. And then also, I'm also, also looking at it from an entrepreneurial view. Mm -hmm. And then if you have those numbers and you know that, for example, to grow a kilogram of chicken, uh, a huge part of that is the feed that goes in, 85%. Yeah. 
uh, and we can produce the same kilogram with a lot less resources, then also I think in the in the long term it will also be co price competitive. Yeah, which and is a very important thing in in food. Yeah, yeah. So price competitive and sustainable. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and and that's, that that sometimes really goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. uh, energy saving, uh, sustainable, and uh, and and price competitive. How how does for example the ve vegetarian community or maybe vegan community look upon this? Because partly they are uh, kind of uh, anti. Um, um, animal um like herding animals yep, yep. and anti uh, also sometimes pro sustainability and, and i think you touch upon both but you use animals yeah it's a, a really uh, a fine balance it mm -hmm. really depends so we always tell these are animals so yeah. a lot of people actually think that we have vegetarian products but yeah. they are animals yeah uh, but if you look at the vegetarian community in the Netherlands and throughout Europe, approximately 70 percent are doing it for sustainability reasons so if you really ask them then they often also eat fish, for example, and for them, this is really something that's an option. Okay. If you do it for religious reasons, then uh, don't do it because then it's an animal and you should not yeah. eat it like that. Uh, vegans are more difficult because they, they have a very, yeah, very big variety of different reasons of eating yeah. what they eat. Uh, we did a test with a vegan sushi place and we had 21 vegans there, uh, 18 tried it, and uh, approximately half of them said, if, if you can uh, produce this totally circular, so if we can feed it on waste streams of primary production, then this would be an option because we don't have to uh, get uh, substitute or B12 from the lab. But then what do you say? B12, so oh vi yeah. vitamin B12, that's often lacking in a plant-based diet. Yeah. Then we don't have to substitute that with um, lab-made B12. Yeah, and now the, the crickets have those B12. Yeah, yeah. so that, that, but that's more the long-term. We're not really focusing on that aspect because um, we're we're trying to conquer the market in the in the food sector, and yep. there the taste is just most important. Yeah, and the the story behind it. Cool. Um, so the the sustainability uh, part that is where your main focus uh, is uh, is on. Um. Yeah. So for so, but um, often people don't buy for sustainability reasons. They they buy because it's just a very good product, and then the price is right, and it's very important that it's sustainable. Um, but I think compared to five years ago where sustainability was something um, yeah, as an added extra, it's now something that's staple. So uh, if it's not sustainable, yeah. no nobody's going to buy it. Yeah, 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 indeed, it's required. It's just, so, yeah, it's just something that's now. And you uh, you as a company, to understand that part, you as a company, you, uh, you, do, the, uh, you do the production of the meat, you do the yep. production of the burgers. What kind of in the whole supply chain do you do? And what do you kind of- uh, Outsource. Yeah. Yeah, so we're very adamant that we don't um, uh, rear the animals themselves. So we, we have farmers that are very good at, okay. at growing insects. Uh, we work very closely together. We do uh, often um, yeah, focus on the food schemes because they, they really take on the taste of what they eat. Then we take it frozen into our production facility and there we start. So for uh, small batches, we often do it from frozen insect, process it to an end product. But uh, I can also show some pictures later that uh, we're now really outsourcing the uh, the end production. So okay. making the burger patty, making the making the um, meatballs, for example, in scale. Yeah, because yeah. you have these companies who invested hundreds of thousands of euros in these production lines, and um, as a startup, I think you should outsource those yeah. capital. So in, in things. the end, kind of your your core is in the recipe. It's in the in, yeah, the, in that the, part in of the processing. processing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and do you kind of in the future do you see yourself kind of integrating again in that supply chain both ends? So um, 
So the, the, the end scheme, what we're thinking of, so we're, we're really working with those farms on getting like a blueprint of those farms and then what schemes you need and what food safety requirements you need, which we also are really invested into. Um, but we're trying to make a blueprint of a production facility. So, okay. so somewhere like a butcher. And then um, if you get all these farms popping up throughout Europe, then we can put our production facility there. Yeah. That's a little bit, um, um, yeah, the idea in the future. Um, but I don't know if, we're, if it will be one big plan, for example, in the Netherlands, getting everything from throughout Europe, or will we have small plans throughout Europe? Decentralized, yeah. yeah. But yeah. we want to make it really scalable in that sense. Cool. Well, uh, now we know what you're heading towards. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's go back and where it all started. Yeah. So uh, you, you already touched upon your own background, um, kind of how, how I, I see one of your co-founders uh, yeah. or your co-founder, I see yeah. it in the picture here. Like, how does it start? Yeah, so um, yeah, I, so I, I uh, was involved with Yes Delft um, when I was in my student years yep. and I was always really thinking about sustainable entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. Um, my background is civil engineering, uh, but I heard about the, the benefits of insects. And uh, I know George Brandenburg, my co-founder, already a really long time, I think 16 years. We met uh, in the middle school. Oh. So um, it's also a quite a funny story, but uh, we were put together in one room uh, with four, four guys. When, how uh, old were you? I think we were 14. 14. And one, uh, one of these guys had quite smelly feet. <laughs> <laughs> and the, th the other three, we, we could not sleep because of it. It was you? Uh, it's me, George, and Tom is another still a good okay, friend of you ours. Both, you, you, you didn't have to smell feet. No, we, okay. we couldn't sleep. And, uh, but that bonded us so good, uh, so well that we, we're still friends. Okay. And um, George was really into powerlifting. So he was uh, uh, yeah, training a lot. Yep. And he was looking into, because he was eating a lot of chicken, like frozen chicken. And that's not really sustainable. So he was looking at other options. Um, his parents are, are very sustainably oriented. So from his parents, he already had to eat tofu. And that's something that he didn't really like back then. But so, there was, so we had these two, yeah, these two benefits, the sustainability and the nutritional value. Uh, but everything we could see and buy and eat was yeah, these whole frozen insects uh, or freeze-dried uh, yeah. freeze insects or like a, a, f a flower. And, and they still look at you with their eyes? Yeah, they're still looking at you. <laughs> and I had this experience once that the first time nobody told me that I had to take off the wings. Oh, yeah. So the wings were between my teeth and the, the legs were in my throat and it was horrible. It's a little bit like shrimps. Yeah, or unpeeled shrimps. Yeah, unpeeled shrimps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so we didn't really think that that was an, an option for us. We didn't want to eat it that way. Yeah. So then, yeah, and then what do you do? You just start. So this was uh, back then where George lived and we, we got a bag of cricket flour and we just started making a lot of products. So you thought uh, Brandenburg, Peltenburg, oh, yeah, we start making burgers. Yeah, we start making burgers. And this is also a fun thing. Um, I, I did a lot of research on uh, starting your own company and I, somewhere I read that you work 3% harder if your last name is in the company name. Yeah. So that's why we call it Berg Suits because <laughs> you were afraid you wouldn't work harder. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the long term, 3% is huge. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. compounding. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you have returns. to take everything. Cool. Um, we actually also thought about calling it Burger Foods, but I, I'm quite happy that we didn't do it because we still have um, some problems that people always say, oh, they make cricket burgers, but we make yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Um, but then we just started and these were the first experiments. And I think we made a lot of products that were very untasty. Uh, but finally we had the burger and we could convince our friends and also 
uh, on mothers to eat it. Yeah. Because um, it was this was back in 2015, 16. No, or? this was I, I think December 2016. We yeah. talked about it, oh, okay. uh, and this was uh, somewhere in March 2017. Cool. And uh, yeah, and then the next step when you make a product and people uh, like it or or want to eat it or yeah. want to use it, you you have to start validating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went to a festival. Maybe that's um, the next step. Yeah. Uh, which was Welcome to the Village. And uh, we went there with a bag. W- we could make like 12 burgers or something. But the festival director, Sjoerd, he said, okay, guys. It was a food festival. It was, no, it's a, it was a traditional festival. Okay. Uh, but they always want to make the festival next year more sustainable. Yeah. yeah. So there's an innovation week before it where you can just uh, yeah, make your tests. Cool. And uh, w- well, they said, okay, that's fine, guys. You can hand out 12 burgers or you can work your butts off and you can become a food vendor. So I drove throughout the Netherlands. I picked up this old uh, caravan, uh, which was from Yesdelf students. I, I, I still, I, I saw it some, some on, on some other events as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we drove it everywhere, but uh, we, we painted it cricket green. And uh, we, we it's also funny because there was the first time that we had to buy on a scale insects. Yeah. And we called um, a, a company called Insect Europe at that time, which was um, based in Flevoland. And we, we called them, okay, we need 10 kilograms of insects. And it was silent. It was like, I d- okay, I'll call you back in half an hour. <laughs> and half an hour later, they picked up, uh, I picked up the phone. It was, we have six kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> which was, was it so unusual to buy like 10 kilograms? It was, it, I, it was back then. It was, f- yeah, it was just not. We're talking three years ago. Is, yeah, three years ago. <laughs> I think uh, now it's much easier, but back then there was just not so much around. So I think we bought maybe 50% of the entire uh, insect uh, stock in the Netherlands, maybe. Um, And then we just started making it and we made 345 burgers. Uh, We ate three ourselves and uh, the rest sold out. Cool. I I really kind of liked it because I saw you at uh, Erasmus Center for Entrepreneurship, I think in that period. uh, you came up with this, uh, you, you started experimenting so much, you started making those burgers and it is really stepping into unknown because yep. uh, yeah, it's not kind of downloading a recipe from the internet and then doing it. Like where do you buy those crickets? Are, yep. Is the stock available? The food regulations, all those things uh, required. Um, and I think people looking at you with a kind of civil engineering a master degree yeah. and uh, start making burgers. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. so... Um it took, uh, I think, one and a half years before her mom said, uh, or stopped saying, uh, get a real job. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, it was actually a, quite a benefit, I think, because we we were not prejudiced about what we were, we were going to do. So what we immediately did was um, call everyone, every professor on food. Uh, we went to Wageningen, uh, started talking with as much people as possible. And all that information we could digest into something that we could use. So... I've seen a lot of people from a sustainability background getting into insects and yeah. then, oh, you, you, you're going to eat it because it's sustainable, but that's not really yeah. something that you do. Or uh, you're going to eat it primarily or the taste, or you're going to eat it because it's very, uh, very good to produce. We, we wanted to combine all, all those things. So it actually helped us because, yeah, we were quite open to anything. And was there kind of like a professor or an entrepreneur that specifically kind of was uh, maybe in an anecdote that you say like, yeah, we, we got so much from, from that person in this whole journey or was it a collective? I think it was a collective. Um, I think that's also important to get as much p- opinions as possible mm. and then condense it. Uh, yeah, we, we talked with some um, very well-known food companies to pick their brains. Um, and I think a lot of our, our 
or our current strategy still is from those early talks with them. Yeah. Um, for example, to protect your recipe quite well or be able to, uh, to go to different types of producers, really take into account your supply chain. So what's, what's coming in, uh, it has to be, yeah, the quality has to be perfect. Um, so that's why we, we really were quite precise on that. Yeah. And we're still, and that really helped us also increase the quality of, our, of what was coming in. Yeah, because I think, um, for example, a comparable, like the company that you want to build comparable would be like the vegetarian butcher in that sense. Yeah, yeah. so th so we, we also had some uh, talks with people there, uh, but it's it's not vegetarian, so that's why uh, it's, it's, it's quite different. But their strategy yeah. is, I think, still 80% also what we are trying to do. Yeah, yeah, indeed. But the, the, the main problem is, uh, or, the, or also a benefit, because that's where our IP is, that we, we're processing the animals ourselves. Mm. So um, a company like the Vegetarian Butcher, they also tried to make their own production facility, but at the start, they didn't have to do that. Yeah. So you could get all the plant-based ingredients from uh, yeah, company A and then produce it at company B and then yeah. uh, set it on. And what and this whole uh, journey, maybe up until kind of... Uh, um, one and a half years later kind of what has been your biggest struggle in this kind of um, um where 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 was it yeah i think uh, the supply of high quality insects that we can really use that where the taste the base taste is very good is is was very difficult um also yeah, building these processes uh, because you see here someone uh, cooking and cutting um, but in the end, we, we really had to develop our own processes and our own machines to, to process the animals, yep. which is quite difficult. Um, and always, but that, that really changed because of the, yeah, the sustainable food trend. Um, at the beginning, we really, everybody was like, okay, what are you talking about? Eating insects, what's that? But, but approximately two years ago, that, that totally changed um, because people were yeah, getting so it's a yeah. real um, kind of um, um, uh, recent development, you say. The yeah. whole. Uh, so yeah. you were right at, uh, at at the start of this development. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think so. Are you still the one, the only one kind of uh, no, doing stuff with crickets? Th there are the companies already okay. uh, stepping up, uh, which is al always good because we need more people promoting it. Yeah. Uh, then it will be well known. Um, but it's it's still very early. Yeah, I think uh, at the Holy Kava there were three. Uh, so the the big uh, food uh, convention of the Netherlands in January there were three insect companies promoting okay. there. Yeah, yeah, and we we know uh, uh, a large one in Israel, a Harkel Food yeah. Tech. Yeah, uh, they don't make burgers, but they sell really the grasshoppers to, yeah. to eat. So that's it's quite interesting because um, grasshoppers are. He also always says grasshoppers are quite um, close to what we're used to eating. Yeah, with shrimps. Shrimps, yeah, it's a little bit, it depends on the food scheme. Yeah. It's a little bit between shrimp and chicken. Okay. So um, I also think um, that's quite an interesting proposition. And um, grasshoppers are, we find it also a little bit easier to use. Okay. Um, but the yeah, company is great. Um, there are also a few very big insect companies in the Netherlands at, uh, at the moment. So you have um, Protifarm, which is a very big, uh, very big company focused on processing uh, uh, buffalo worms, and they're also they're they're quite in line also with what um, we think how the insect 
um, industry should develop. Yep. And they have Protex, and they're mainly focused on producing um, uh, for uh, fish feed, for example. They use black shoulder flies. And that's also a very interesting business model uh, because it's already quite well established. These are flies, you say? Yeah, so they use the larvae, larvae of black soldier flies. Okay. And they're very nutritious and also very good to, to give to chicken and to fish as a, as a sustainable protein source. Um, and you see that those kind of companies are really taking off at the moment. Yeah. And your, uh, your, your, your source, kind of crickets and grasshoppers now, you say? Yeah. Uh, what does it taste like? Can it, can it be described? Um, yeah, so a lot of people say nutty but mm -hmm. I, I think that's also a little bit because everybody is telling that it's it tastes nutty now you do as well yeah yeah, yeah it's very easy <laughs> now i'm now in prayer yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but um so crickets are a little bit uh, more bitter more um uh, more yeah more bitter savory mm -hmm. and um yeah grasshoppers are really more to shrimp and uh, chicken but I also hear chefs talking about walnut in there, so okay. it's it's still a little bit nutty. nutty. Yeah. yeah. So it and I hear it from uh, from you. I heard that um, crickets also absorb kind of the the food they eat and yeah. put it in their flavor. Yeah. Is it something you can play with or want to play with as exactly. well? Exactly. So um, yeah, we're doing a quite a big um, research on it with uh, a grasshopper farmer, mm -hmm. and you see really see that the taste changes. Uh, what we're doing now is trying to get it at neutral as possible yeah. so you have people eating these insects all over the world and uh, not only because it's uh, cheaper or something it's really because it's a delicacy uh, in a lot of places so sticking to those uh, natural flavors is now what we're aiming for but i heard someone say that if you give them only bananas for example they will taste like bananas it's okay it's a banana burger a banana burger yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe for a uh, sweet or something but yeah uh, yeah it could be a whole uh, kind of range of products you yeah, end up yeah, with yeah, yeah. And cool. um, yeah, so that, that's very interesting. Um, but you also have to not make it as weird. So like if, if the, the, the taste would be very weird, yeah. then people will be uh, yeah, have yeah. It like, the, okay, I'm eating insects and now it's also a strange taste. Yeah, so it, bec it should become common. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. People sh it should be close to what, uh, what people imagine uh, a meat product is. Yep. So we also played a lot a lot with the amount of crickets in there because of the taste. Okay. Because it, because it's if it's too much crickety, yeah. then uh, people find it too strange. So yep. um, we're playing with that. Cool. And uh, to continue the journey, kind yeah. of um, um, what happened? Yeah. So um, so that first festival was quite interesting, but that's then you have to keep on going. So yeah. I think we were six weeks in a food truck going all to all these festivals and then learning a lot but then we immediately said okay food trucking is not a business model this yeah. is not something yeah. that we're gonna do the rest of our lives so we um we did a program with climate kick and we won or we became second in the climate launchpad competition in the netherlands and then we did the get started program at the erasmus center for entrepreneurship uh, so really to start yeah creating the business model yeah and that's also when we started focusing more on catering companies, um, which was quite a good choice. And at the time, um, the the supplier of insects went bankrupt. So, oh. uh, and we had a lot of agreements to make our burgers there. So we had to produce our own production facility. So in that year, I think in January, we had our own production facility. Uh, we could make our own products. Uh, we had the customer segment that was interesting. Uh, we had new cricket farms that we could source from. And uh, also, George uh, became the um, uh, 
the student entrepreneur of the year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was quite fun. And um, this was all 2018. This was all 2018. Yeah. And that was also really when we said, okay, this is really viable. Yep. Uh, we know enough. We're going to incorporate our company. Yeah. So I think in March 2018 we incorporated our BV, uh, and that's when we say we really started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think you st you took the stage. Uh, you and George took the stage on a lot of kind of different uh, programs, competitions, also to get that publicity. Yeah. And, and that might uh, did that help or did it distract or um, how do you look upon that? It's difficult because um, we needed that exposure. Uh, we needed. So we needed to get that story of insects out there and we needed to raise some capital, of course. So for, for those reasons, it was quite interesting. But if I'm looking back, then there are very few, um, yeah, very few media outlets that helped us get new customers. Yeah. Um, we did do a lot of event catering, so it, it always brought money in, uh, which is also quite nice because you can always show that you're, you're making money and you can sell these things. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like if, if we would have done nothing like that and only focused on getting food service company on board, you, you don't know what it would have been different. Yeah. yeah. And maybe in the long term, kind of the, the exposure pays off and yeah. Uh, yeah. people will keep on finding you all yeah. around. Uh. Because in that, in the food sector, we have a lot of people say, oh, the Krekerai. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that is something we, we achieved. Yeah. Because, uh, previously you said, uh, Burg Foods, uh, yeah. when, like when did you change your name? So, um, it was in 2018. Uh, so, oh, you see here, our this was a very proud moment. It was our first series production of burgers. Cool. <laughs> I think it was 120 or 120. something. 120, yeah. cool. Um, but then we went to the uh, Gasvrij Rotterdam and we really, so we, we um, had the name The Krekerij, which is uh, short, short for cricket butchery yeah. in, uh, uh, in, in Dutch. And that was really the moment that we were launching that to the food service, Re really on Broadway. This was September 2018. Hmm. And we were testing our products, testing if people would like the name and if if we could get a very big audience of food professionals saying, okay, this this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think it, it quite worked. Uh, we did find out that um, in all these uh, yeah, more consumer related events, um, people are quite happy with products. Um, and if you tell yeah. a story, yeah. Uh, so I think we had a... The audience a, is biased. The audience is yeah. very biased. So we had, uh, I think, <coughs> a, a nine on the uh, on the products on average coming back. And then we went to the food service and it was, I think, a five and a half or so, something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, we knew that we had to improve there also. So there was a very big learning moment. Okay, the, the storytelling is different. The, s the sales is different. The benefit for the customer is different because it d it's a very different segment. And we, I think... Before there, we always had um, event caterers that really liked us, so that is, that's yeah. also helpful. Yeah, and then you were really launched into the the real world. Yeah, yeah, and um, um, I think you also entered a different phase then with your company. Yeah, kind of from the development and the testing to more kind of uh, the marketing and exactly. the commercial side. Yeah, 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 and we we really began to have a team. So mm -hmm. we had uh, that time Tom was an intern and Anneloos was working with us. So then we, yeah, then we really became something bigger than only the founders running around. Yeah. Uh, which is also quite a fun transition. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a different dynamic suddenly. And you have these different roles that you're, you, uh, you have to, yeah, delegate. Yeah. Because before that, you're, you're everyone. How much uh, kind of, um, um, so I see a lot of trophies uh, laying around here. Yeah. Um, like, um, um, 
what, what um, how did that kind of uh, did this when did that happen and what is the story behind it? Yeah, so this is uh, maybe uh, uh, so. Oh, here I have a lot of uh, the media attention. Yeah, um, that we talked about. Yeah, yeah. and was w- actually the only one that got us new customers was uh, the Dumpert special on insects. We got <laughs> three new restaurants uh, calling. You us. were featured on Dumpert. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So that was really a big moment. Unexpected uh, kind of. Uh, yeah. So angle then. no, I have. I saw someone. Uh, someone said there they have uh, this video that they say they want to eat insects, and uh, I immediately called, and uh, that that's when it happened. And also yeah. the Zwarte Cross is what we did. Okay. Because a lot of people said, yeah, uh, if uh, people are not going to eat it in uh, different parts than the Randstad, and actually that was the biggest. Uh, yeah, it was the biggest sell of uh, so okay. everything sold out. So there was a misconception so that farmers I love crickets. Yeah, and also <laughs> it was a positive story because uh, normally people go over there and tell them uh, you have to stop with your yeah. cows, etc. Yeah. And we had we had a very positive story. Yeah. So that's uh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. You don't say no, 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 but you just kind of give an uh, an, an alternative that speaks to uh, to people's mind that also love meat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then um, this was in 2008, and then we really started developing. And this is actually something I I'm uh, oh this is. Uh, Maybe we can come back to it later. Yeah, right? sure, sure. Still, just, uh, just follow the slides. Just follow the slides. Yeah, because you already said your team was growing. Yeah. You ended up uh, in, a, in a former uh, swimming pool, it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> in Blue City in uh, Rotterdam. It's, uh, yeah, it's really... I remember going to that swimming pool in Rotterdam, uh, Tropicana, kind of when I was really young. Yeah. And I kind of, uh, that this was, uh, this was a, a, a this very was cool... Uh, yeah, this was one of the very uh, fun slides. Yeah. But currently, it, yeah, it's, um, they call it Blue City and it's... Uh, uh, a space where sustainable circular entrepreneurs can develop their business. So you have offices there, you have production yep. sites, um, and we have our office there, yeah. which, is qu- <laughs> which is quite <laughs> helpful. Um, and we, yeah, so that's where we really started. We we first uh, was were at the EC's building at the yep. Marconiplein, yep. Um, but we, we wanted to go where our customers were. So here, a lot of people for interested in sustainability and sustainable food were coming. And that's why we oh. we went there, um, and also a lot of other entrepreneurs who are doing similar things. Yeah, Gotter Swam with, uh, exactly mushroom, with the mushrooms, uh, coffee. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's very inspiring to be in a building where there are a lot of like-minded people. Yeah, and they're really going through the same process. Yeah, yeah, and it also helps because it's it's such a nice place that a lot of people, uh, especially interest, want to come there. So yeah. that's, that's that's very nice. Yeah, take a slide without water, and then. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, and, and uh, I think this was somewhere in the range of 2019 and yeah. we suddenly had a team of six. Um, and that's also, that's often the, the next threshold that people say then yeah. at five people, uh, communication starts to change. That's also what we really experience. So you introduce five layers of management. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and <laughs> um, but, but it was, so it was the real, the real moment that I also thought, okay, this, this is now a real company. Yeah. Um, and with different uh, sites, but yeah. Um, yeah, Blue City was quite helpful. Um, and then we developed even further, um, and we went to a lot of these impact. Uh, I think we went to the uh, Impact Startup Fest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember you uh, being on stage, and uh, yeah. Edward uh, from Reshare offered you the, uh, the investment opportunity. Yeah. That, so that was that was that was amazing because. Um, yeah, we so we grew and uh, we knew what trajectory we had to do. So what we need to develop, we had to develop our production facility, had to facilitate a team, um, and then we had the opportunity to pitch uh, for WeShare, and uh, we won that pitch. Yeah, um, and that really that really made us yeah launch really launch on a big scale. Yeah, um, it helped us make all the investments we needed to do 
um, yeah, w- which was great. Yeah, and you got this investment from WeShare, yeah, which exactly. is more of a revolving fund, right? Yeah, it's so a it's, a, it's a revolving impact fund. And the idea is that, um, yeah, yeah um, in the early stage, they invest in startups and it's, it's a soft loan, so we repay it. And at the end, when we repaid it, we can invest it again into the next startup okay. and into the next. So then, then it will grow and it will never run empty. Yeah, and really kind of uh, keep on fueling the next generation. Exactly. Yeah. And you're, 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 I think you're one of the first uh, um, I, I investments there. Yeah, right? I think we were the first. Yeah. Cool. So then, uh, well, yeah. looking back in a few uh, a few decades uh, on everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then probably we share already invested in 10, 20 more startups. Yeah. So uh, we'll see this impact going up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because impact, uh, now you rephrase to it kind of, um, also we're here in The Hague, uh, Impact City. Yep. Uh, we, ju- we just launched an, uh, an impact competition with Gen and the Ring. Um, impact, what what wha- what does it say? For it's a strange word, right? What is yeah. it for you? Yeah, so it, it's, it's impact and also sustainability becomes such a broad word. But um, for me, so um, I could not imagine myself um, make a company where I would drill for oil, for example. We've been raised in this uh, in this environment that we know we have to change things to make yeah make the planet more sustainable, which is also a little bit vague. But for me, impact is thinking about, okay, what, what products am I making? And is this a net positive or a net negative on our society? Um, and we always want to be on the positive side. Yeah. And that's still very vague, uh, but I don't think you'll ever <laughs> get a more a more clear explanation. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, but you uh, uh, that that's in your mind. You want to make this impact. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're doing it for those sustainability yeah. reasons. And I think it's a nice uh, as it is kind of growing the theorem. Uh, there is a lot of uh, support around it. So placing yeah. yourself with it to do, for example, that you have those uh, s- sustainable development goals by the UN and yeah. Nations. Do you, for example, actively use that also in your marketing? Is it something that you? Uh, yeah. Play, play around with? It's, it's, it's difficult because on the one hand, um, uh, the really sustainable companies are not really uh, screaming it. They're yeah. just doing it because it's intrinsically good um, or they find it intrinsically good. So, and I'm, I'm more on that side that I don't want to scream everybody it's sustainable because I want to make a very good, tasty, nice food product. That should be, yeah. that, that should be what we're screaming about. Uh, but it's still important, and it and it helps getting uh, yeah the funding at the moment. Yeah. So I always so I see these companies that they have like ten SDGs on their website, and I'm like, okay, focus maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we are focusing on responsible consumption and production. Yeah. So that's something that. Um, but I don't think we have it on the website. Yeah, it was um, an interesting uh, research done uh, lately by. Um uh, a company have found out uh, that uh, only two percent of all startups uh, actively put it on their website. Well, op- on the corporate side, on the client side, maybe it's so much being used. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And it, it's difficult because you also have these um, s- uh, like these social certifications, like a B Corp, or etc. Yeah. Um, and often, d- so we we did one, and then uh, we were ranked very low because we didn't uh, give dental care or social health care and. That's just something that's that's there in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I'm also like, okay, should I get these certifications or should I just? It's just a means to an end. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. yeah, and maybe keep on focusing on the customer and exactly uh, and growing. And yeah. uh, for corporates, it is important. So I think yeah. uh, for the next step, if you if we really uh, will be selling to big corporates, then you have to have these labels. Yeah, yeah. They'll look at you and say, oh, SDG seven, SDG eleven. Exactly. It's okay. yeah. yeah. Or you're aligned with uh, such and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which it was actually quite difficult in the beginning because uh, everything was focused on the plant-based revolution. It was not on sustainable food. 
So the first year uh, we were quite held back because we were not plant-based. Yeah, yeah. So there was not, no funding for us. And um, the big change there was that in um, Wageningen, Wageningen, they were researching on the circular agriculture. So Imke de Boer, Hanne van Zanten, they were really researching, okay, what is the most sustainable production of food? Mm. And in 2018, they first had their first scheme. So we have to use um, all waste streams uh, to produce livestock because yeah. that's, mo that's most sustainable. And at the end of 2018, they also put the grasshopper in, in there. So because it's very efficient and that, that really uh, helped us yeah, make our story clear. We're, cool. we're not the only ones saying it, but they're yeah. also saying it in Wageningen. Yeah. yeah. And then you had your credibility there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, well, let's, uh, um, I'm, I'm curious what the next slide will yeah. bring us. Uh, so um, ah, this is what you referenced then, right? Yeah. So, and, and this is, this is uh, really the, the scaling up. So um, this was the step that we could make, I, I think 4,000 products in half an hour instead half of an hour. making it by hand. Um, so yeah, this is the this is really us scaling. Yeah. Um, and in this way, you can yeah you can get the production price on the level that you need, um, and also uh, yeah outsource these things that you're you're not very good at or yep. that other people are good at. Um, and th that's uh, at the end the strategy that we want to conquer Europe with. Because who is using your, uh, who is um, buying your burgers now? Um, so it's 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 we're mainly focused on the food service. Yep. So uh, and there are a lot of reasons there, um, but many of the benefits are there at the moment because uh, they are looking for these new in, uh, innovative products that they can surprise their guests with. Um, it is for us uh, a very big. Um, concerned that that the chefs like it yeah because if the chefs say it's on this level then then it's really good um and it's also a means because uh, a lot of people still have to know why they are going to eat insects they they, they want to ask why and if it's sitting on the shelf in the supermarket then nobody is going to tell a story yeah and in the food service people are really um open to telling so you it. need the chefs yeah and also the 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 waiters that they, yeah. they are very important um, so often a person would say, why am I, I'm, I'm going to eat insects if they know nothing about it. And then if they say, oh, it's a new taste or it's nutritious or it's very sustainable to produce, then people are going to try it. So I can imagine that one of your, 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 your big goals would be that uh, a three star restaurant, uh, Libraia puts it on their menu and uh, yeah, starts that telling that story. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. And uh, we were at, uh, there's a program every year in the Netherlands called uh, the State of the Climate on NPO. And uh, at that moment, we're also into contact with Joris Beiderdijk of the Rijk, of the Rijks uh, yeah. restaurant. Yeah. And he also used our grasshoppers to make uh, yeah, a sort of umami sauce. Mm. So that, that, yeah, that, that will help. Yeah, cool. Interesting. What do we see? Ah, oh, a lot of oh, trophies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it might be interesting why I, uh, I really focused on this trophy. Because yeah. Um, this is the Columbus Trophy of the um, uh, BBB Maastricht, which is uh, one of the bigger uh, food conferences in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And they have a jury of, I think, 50 food professionals. And every year they're judging the most innovative um, food entrepreneurs in the Netherlands. Um, and for us, it was always very hard to say, okay, we're, we're really doing well in the food service. Uh, but 50 food service professionals judged us, yeah. looked into our business plans, looked into our growth strategy. Really by your clients, the, yeah. the people that should buy it, they recognize you. Exactly. Yeah. And they said, oh, these guys are really are really, yeah, taking it serious yeah. and are the most innovative emperors of the year. So that for us, that was a big acknowledgement because it were really people who know the market who said you 
you are the winner. Yeah, cool. Well, congratulations on that. That was yeah. last year. This was, I think, in uh, November of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, uh, you have to give back the trophy uh, uh, in a few yeah, months. This, I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> very soon it will leave our office. <laughs> cool. Well, now now we have it on video, so we uh, you can yeah, keep on watching exactly. uh, the video. Yeah. 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 yeah cool. Um, now interesting to uh, to hear all these uh, things. Like, um, and um, I think you are one of those companies that uh, really kind of there like in the Netherlands in Europe we paved this highway with all these uh, entrepreneurial support organizations and competitions and uh, um, prize money and I think you're one of those entrepreneurs that just took the highway and just uh, went on it and, yeah. and, and started to kind of leverage in all those prices yeah, exactly. like um, you already referred to it but um, is this something you would kind of also endorse others to 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 do yeah. What are what are the, um, the the upsides and downsides? Yeah. Um, so the, the so we we very early on said okay what what kind of company do we want to have and when is it uh, a good time to get investors on board? And we always wanted to prove for ourselves the the concept and have some technology in house because otherwise you're a food brand and there's no substance behind it. Yeah. And then nobody's going to invest in just a food brand. So we were very adamant in, in focusing on technology and our initial idea was that we would have um, a break even point this year with our own production facility, with our team. Uh, we needed approximately f 75 restaurants, uh, which we calculated that would be quite attainable. And then we would go for professional investors, food investors to scale. Um, that was our strategy. Um, the downside, so the upside was we almost uh, raised, I think half a million without getting uh, losing any equity, 4%. Uh, the downside is a lot of administration. So uh, a lot of going there. Um, so a big chunk of my time is um, administration of subsidies, etc., uh, which really is depressing and holding you back. Yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know what which one is best. It, it might fit. Yeah, it depends on the on the entrepreneurs. But we, we are really in the stage, okay, we, we proved the technology, we have the products, we proved some traction, um, we established the roadmap, and now we're getting investors on board that really have experience investing in food startups or have experience building their own food, co food yeah. company. To yeah. really also, um, at, at a certain time, you feel the, the, the fringes of your experience. Yeah. Uh, and so we so we want to get that yeah that added experience on board yeah yeah smart capital uh, yeah on that. yeah so I still hear the engineer talking in you uh, with uh, kind yeah. of uh, yeah the analytical side yeah. of <laughs> analyzing yeah. the whole company but yeah. that's cool um, uh, cool like how how can people um, I think a lot of people will be curious kind of what it tastes like they want to they want to taste the nutty nutty yeah. <laughs> nutty flavors like how how can they experience uh, the krekerij your burgers. Yeah, so uh, at the moment, I think the, all the restaurants that are up and running are on our website, and we have some um, B2C channels. So I think Restreeks Rotterdam, uh, the, in Amsterdam we have, I, I'm, I'm not getting the yep. name at the moment, yep. but we have these outlets that you can order throughout the Netherlands. Um, but the main focus for us is still restaurants. So um, you can look up the website and see what restaurants Which is? are. Um, Which the the yeah. yeah. But on the other side, uh, what so th that's a little bit the distinction between Burke's Food and the Kekerij, which is often confusing. The Kekerij is really our brand to the food service, the, the front end and our main testing vehicle. 
on the back side, we're also producing our products white label for third parties. Okay. So we will see, I think at the end of the year, um, two companies selling our products uh, one in the Baltic states, so it's difficult uh, to get it there, but you can drive there. Well, if and you are, if you live there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, one in the Netherlands. So that's also okay. what we we want to expand. And they make different things than burgers. Um, yeah, so so we also make, uh, I think, uh, two slides from now. Uh, oh, this, this is uh, an interesting one, but I'll come back to it later. So um, we produce uh, what they want. So they, they are different products than we're mating, yeah. making. Uh, I think the one in Baltic States is having our products in different boxes, uh, but mm. we're also making for a Dutch company, Spring KMBV, and uh, I think the, 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 the variety is a little bit different. Okay, so really becoming that uh, um, that production uh, yeah. house uh, exactly. with different brands associated exactly. to it, yeah. with all the knowledge in-house around uh, how to process this and exactly. use. Cool. Yeah. And then maybe the the, uh, the previous slide is quite in interesting because um, yeah, Corona hit and we uh, we had the option to uh, be in every Lidl store of the Netherlands, which is quite uh, which is quite uh, big, yeah. uh, which was a huge production. I think eighty seven thousand uh, sausage rolls so. that we made, uh, and I think everything went wrong. <laughs> everything you can imagine went wrong, uh, but we uh, we managed it, and um, it was also a test. So we uh, we presented for them, and um, uh, they they also did um, I think these pots of whole insects last year, and they were not really happy about it, and. Um, I was really thinking about what can work in in this retail store and what what is it that consumers want to try so yeah uh, and we conceptualized like these small sausage rolls uh you take it on a party like there were i think eight in every box uh you put it in the oven and you have a centerpiece of the party uh, or for your eastern breakfast or, or yeah. whatever yeah and you can share it uh, so we pitched that that idea with the brand little hoppers so it uh, was your own brand pitching to uh, to the Lidl. To the Lidl, yeah. yeah so it was not a different company called Lidl Hoppers using. Uh, no, like so said. we we totally yeah. made that, and yeah. uh, th so they were very happy with that. And uh, yeah, we so we launched it with quite a success. So everything went wrong, but everything went well uh, after all. In the end, everything yeah. comes together. But okay. it it yeah, I think there were very very touchy moments. Like uh, there was one uh, one um, issue about the right certificate for food safety. And that was, I think if I would have been three minutes late, it would, <laughs> would not gone through. Uh, we had to change bakers in one day. Uh, yeah, so all these things happen. Yeah. But for us, this was really the proof that we can, um, can do it at this scale and also at this food safety level, yeah. which is the highest of Europe. Uh, that was a very big proof point. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And uh, if, if, if a company like Lidl kind of uh, uh, wants to put it in their stores, yeah. that's of course a lot of validation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, uh, um, um, I'm going to end up, but uh, I think reflecting on everything you said, it's, uh, I, I find it really inspiring the way how you approach the company, like I said, as an engineer. But um, um, I think um, uh, approaching it uh, in a way that you, you look upon the future as a production house or an, a yep. real kind of uh, uh, enabling different brands, different products, and therefore yeah, really going towards scalability. Yep. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing your products and hearing it on the news, seeing it at every restaurant. And uh, um, yeah, I hope there's a bright future there. Uh, we're working towards it. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. And uh, for, um, for everybody watching, uh, uh, thanks for watching. Um, uh, as um, previously said, uh, we've got our um, uh, impact competition running with Get in the Ring. 
Um, if you are a food entrepreneur or active in the water domain or energy domain and you are active on making impact, then for sure join us in this, uh, in this competition. We have a whole set of uh, support organizations all of Europe joining in. So it can really accelerate your business like uh, also Sander did with Krekerij. So um, I hope to see you next time and thanks for watching. Nou, was dat wel 40 minuten? Dat was uh, <laughs> denk ik 50. Ja. <laughs> ja. Hij gaat heel snel. <laughs> Hoe laat is het nu? Ik denk 10 voor. Okay. Kijk, nou, 5 minuten.